Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zioncast, your legal technology podcast covering all things from e-discovery, FOIA, public records, data science, and trivia, brought to you by Zilab. I'm Jay Schneider, Director of Professional Services and Operations for Zilab North America, as well as one of your humble hosts of this Zycast podcast. But I am not alone. With me is my partner in crime, Zilab's Director of Government Technology, and you may know her as the voice of our Zilab certification training videos, Brenda Dodd. Hey, Brenda, how's it going? Hey, Jay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. So, Brenda, first question, did you uh, make it back from New York okay after Legal Tech? I did. There was some slight delay thanks to the airlines. I think many of us had a very difficult time returning to our homes. Um, but yeah, I did. I, I got back safe and sound. As you know, legal tech is very exhausting. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> It was it was an exhausting but very good conference this year, and and I know we at least probably had it easier surviving the polar vortex uh, in New York than some other parts of the country. It was also pretty uh, full and intense week. Um, Brenda, I know you've been going to Legal Week for quite some time. So how did 2019 uh, compare to some of the other years? What did you notice about this past uh, Legal Tech? Okay, Jay. Well, first of all, let's not define quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> I was being vague in general. I, I was not putting a number on it. I think that I thank you for that. Um, so yeah, I always enjoyed Legal Week. It's always great to go back and see old friends and colleagues, and of course, meet the new ones. Literally this year, I got an opportunity to meet Scott Hunter, who is the newest member of our Zilab family. So yeah, it's That's it's right. always great. Yeah, that was that's right. That was good for us, uh, even at Zilab. Uh, one to meet meet uh, Scott, who who just joined the team uh, a, a few weeks back. Uh, but then also for us at Zilab, some of our Amsterdam colleagues flew over, and it's always good to see them. We don't see them enough. Uh, uh, we we get to go over there sometimes, but it was great that uh, uh, a couple could come over this way. So I think it was fun for us uh, internally to see each other. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad that we use the the one year opportunity to actually see some of our colleagues from abroad. So I know Jay that you had an opportunity to meet up with some former Xilabbers while you were there. Well, definitely. And I think that's one of the fun things about going to this conference as well, is it's not just, uh, you know, it, it really is a community uh, of, of people. And, and while some people might change from one company or change roles or, or you know, kind of move around a little bit, but uh, definitely see uh, ex-colleagues who are now working for, for other co other companies or other vendors or, or doing their own consulting gigs, um, as well as uh, obviously it's great to see, uh, you know, Mary Mack and, uh, and, and Kaylee Walstead uh, were a couple of my colleagues here at Zilab, and and uh, and I consider them friends as well. And it's great to see them, the rock stars of the e-discovery world that they are, uh, with ASED. So it's always a good excuse to see uh, like Mary and Kaylee, uh, as well as other other uh, colleagues from the past, friends from the past, and uh, and again, like you said, meet new colleagues. Yeah, it definitely is. And Brenda, I know since uh, since you've been uh, you know again in the in the field for I'm sorry. You've also been in this field for an unspecified amount of time. Uh, you probably get a chance to see some of your old uh, friends and colleagues that you've met over the years. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, I don't want to talk about how far back in time I go, but yeah, it's a, I did definitely get a, an opportunity to catch up with some of my old friends who you know, we were doing e-discovery long before it was ever called e-discovery. In fact, I remember back in the day when the exhibit floor at the legal tech before it was even considered legal week was primarily full of e-discovery, time and billing, and office technology 
like printers, copiers, and fax machine type vendors. Now the exhibit floor really does represent the entire business of law um, and what it actually could look like in the future. Believe it or not, Jay, there was even a company there selling AI technology to better negotiate divorces. <laughs> Well, I was I was going to say that, but later that uh, yeah, we thought that uh, you know, we knew that artificial intelligence and machine learning was uh, definitely a hot topic and, and a desirable uh, you know a piece of, of technology people are, are pursuing. But I did miss the booth on uh, using AI to negotiate a divorce. So uh, that one I did miss. Um, but uh, it's good to see that uh, AI is is reaching all aspects of what we have. Um, but it's interesting when you talk about uh, you know some of the uh, vendors you might have seen in the past. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Xilab has been around for 35, more than 35 years and also participating in, in legal tech and legal week. And so I'm sure that when we were first at the show doing our initial search or information management, even record scanning and, and indexing. Uh, so we were probably some of those historical vendors as well. We've just evolved over, over the years. Yeah, and I think it really struck me as I was walking through the showroom for floor um, of the lack of discovery vendors. And when I stopped to think about that, I realized that there sure has been a lot of acquisitions in the e-discovery industry. And to reinforce my thoughts, just as legal tech was coming to a close came the catalyst news. So Jay, what, what do you think? Do you think that the e-discovery consolidation is going to continue? Um, it is interesting to see um, uh, as whether it's it's the consolidation, the mergers, or some companies going defunct. Um, I do think that it, it's pretty typical to see some amount of consolidation uh, over time. Um, and there's also with the shift of, you know, especially as we've seen a lot of clients who are now looking for, um, you know, a cloud solutions or SaaS solutions versus uh, an on-premises solution. Uh, and I think that's been been a change as well. Um, and then so you get a combination of there's the the kind of the old historic vendors or some who've, who've, who've kind of joined together and a few new players, uh, as well as changing in directions of the market and, and technology and what people are open to. Um, I'll tell you, if I talk about SaaS and, and the cloud, just about everybody who's in the cloud today, probably not too long ago, a few years ago, said we could never go into the cloud. You know, we will never be able to put our data in the cloud. Uh, I know even even my mindset, having worked uh, with, on government and Department of Defense contracts for so long, there was the oh, well, that will never work for Department of Defense and government to go into the cloud. And now here we are. Uh, so it is interesting to see not just company names, and, and then also as you mentioned, the company functions of what they're doing, but also a little little some other changes in the in the a landscape is really uh, changing things up. Um, I don't think I actually answered your question, uh, other than to say I think more changes are coming. <laughs> well, that sort of answers my question, so I'll let you slide on that. So getting okay, back to the AI topic, you know, I did uh, notice that there was a heavy presence of AI vendors in the crowd, and the keynote particularly on the second day was fantastic, I thought. So what are your thoughts on AI and how do you see the legal industry embracing it and or not embracing it? Uh, so uh, I've got a I've got a lot I could say. I'm going to hold back a little bit. Spoiler alert: uh, This will be a, a topic of our next uh, uh, podcast that we do, uh, next Zycast podcast 
on artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, I'll have to caveat and say this, that one of uh, my areas of study uh, back in university was in artificial intelligence. So I have some very passionate philosophical beliefs on it, but I'm going to spare you uh, some of those today. Um, but I will say that that as, as it seems as something that comes into any space in this case, uh, whether it's artificial intelligence, um, you know, first there's a lot of you know, fear or resistance because of being unknown. Uh, really, can we trust the technology? Will this put people out of work? Uh, you know, these kind of natural uh, hesitations or resistance. I do think um, that that keynote we heard on the second day was was right on point because it's really about an understanding. And, and so what I noticed and my perspective on it is initially there's a lack of understanding of what it is. And slowly some people understand and know that they need it. And then, then the next, next sort of layer is everybody feels that they know they need it. They know the direction. Uh, and, and so they're asking about it. They're looking for it. They know that's the direction they bought into it. However, they still don't understand what it is. And, and I do think there's still a key element of understanding. Um, we have a lot of myths about artificial intelligence and, and uh, you, know, you know, computers ruling and robots ruling the world, uh, when a lot of ways it's just an extension of what we've always been doing with technology, trying to automate and, and, and assist in, in, in helping you. In this case, it's legal technology. It's, it's reviewing documents, sorting, classifying documents. And I think a lot of it, when people really understand the technology and, and what's behind it and how it's to be used, uh, then a lot of that that uh, resistance and fear goes away. Um, but again, I could could go on. I'm going to spare everybody on that. Uh, but it's definitely, I think it's clear after this legal tech that it's it's not that it's coming, but that it's here and it's here to stay and it's only going to get bigger. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that it's here. It's here to stay. And we, we meaning the people in the legal technology or even the legal industry itself, once they start, I think that it's just going to continue to snowball after that. Absolutely. So um, again, a spoiler alert, stay tuned for our next uh, Zycast episode on artificial intelligence, machine learning, and lots of great technologies that seem to scare us, uh, because we'll go more into that. But definitely, and this is not the first year that this has been a topic at, uh, at Legal Week or Legal Tech or these conferences, but this year, you know, it's just growing. It's clear that this is a, a more dominant theme and it's less of a, is this something to explore? Can this help us? And more of a, this is happening. It's here. Understand it and embrace it. So, you know, something else that I found very interesting, it was the fact that we had several law students stop by our booth. Yes, we did. Yeah, uh, I, I think, so and I think it's great that law schools are embracing the fact that being a lawyer, namely a litigant, requires some tech know-how. Oh, I'd, I'd said this for years, um, why aren't we going to schools? Why aren't we going to the law schools and teaching these law school students about e-discovery and about the technology that they will be using or they should be using. And they once they graduate, those that have had that experience had, you know, are well-versed in the technology and understand the ins and outs of e-discovery are the ones that are going to succeed. And they're also going to be the ones who are advancing our field um, and the use of AI into the future. Absolutely. And I thought that was pretty exciting as well. Uh, so Brenda and I, uh, for those of you listening at home, Brenda and I spend most of our time or a lot of our time in the booths. Um, so we, in our roles, are able 
to be the ones who are talking with people, whoever's walking by, uh, giving demos, talking about our product, and 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 I was impressed and excited actually. I remember you know having some great conversations and, and actually demoing our software to a couple of law students, you know, knowing that they're they're new to the field or they're just seeing what's out there. So it was more about just explaining the role of technology and understand you don't have to convince somebody of that generation of the benefits of technology. So that right there. So it's more of showing them, you know, the power of what it could do uh, and, and is really exciting. And, and I, I think that I know you and I, well, you, the uh, leader of our Xilab uh, uh, education department, as well as a uh, voice of our training videos, if you didn't catch that at the top of the show, um, but it's also, you know, education is important because that, that helps us understand what we're doing and, and be able to be more successful. And there's a lot of great work that's going out there. Um, somebody else that we work with, uh, if you know, uh, Joy Morau at PAR, um, she's really embraces educating, um, especially, you know, young paralegals, people breaking into the legal field, really taking them to that next level of the skills that they need. Uh, and I think it's just fantastic to see. Yes, it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, and I also should note that, you know, as you know, the ABA and many states have adopted rules and guidelines that lawyers must be competent, not only in law and its practice, but also in technology. So why not start them when they're in law school? I just think it makes perfectly uh, sound and sense. And uh, I, with that, like I said, I think our industry has a very bright future. Absolutely. So speaking of the booth, uh, since again, you and I spent quite a bit of time in it uh, for, for uh, that week. Um, so tell me, what were some of the things you noticed uh, just being on the floor in the booth? Interestingly enough, so although Xilab has been around for what, 35 years? I yeah, still had, uh, yeah, 35 plus years. I still had folks ask, what's a Xilab? <laughs> I love that question. What's a Xilab? <laughs> yeah, it always makes me chuckle. So that was that was uh, interesting. Um, and I guess we also had a video of our data science that was being displayed, and it sparked a lot of conversation about what is uh, coming in the future. I think it's very exciting. Uh, all the different things that we are we are exploring um, to potentially bring into our software platform that will hopefully excite the legal technology industry. So again, maybe that's a conversation for another day. Uh, one of our next podcasts, we can talk about all the exciting different data science things that we are working on. Absolutely. I think that's a great, uh, and I know we mentioned a bit earlier that the, you know, I guess at Xilab been around, uh, you know, 35 plus years and we have quite a history of, of you know, technology assisting uh, various cases. And it is interesting. We did have that video. And I, I did like that uh, the vi video that was on loop was showing our history, whether it's, you know, doing our desktop search 35 years ago, um, whether it's some of these significant things we've done, such as the, uh, you know, UN war tribunals, Khmer Rouge trials, um, uh, you know, any of these significant historical events where technology has helped you know get through data um all the way into looking what's ahead what's next or what our data science department's doing what we're doing with the universities uh and and it's really exciting stuff um i should say since we're talking about the booth um i we i loved our location this year uh oh, i loved our location I, I, this our year our location was fantastic got a lot of great conversation a lot of people i should apologize because we were we were fortunate enough to be located right across from where in the mornings they had coffee 
And uh, in the afternoons, they had, what did they have, Brenda? They had a bar. That's where they had the bar. And so I have to apologize to anyone who mistakenly assumed when I offered them coffee or a drink that it was Xylab sponsored. We just got lucky in our location, but I'm not going to complain about our location being next to the coffee uh, and in the after, in the evening, the alcohol. Uh, it was a great social uh, as well as a business location to be. I definitely have to agree with that. I definitely enjoyed our location this year, having both the coffee and the alcohol readily available at the beginning and the end of each day was awesome. <laughs> definitely. Hopefully we can get that uh, set up for next year for uh, Legal Week 20. Um, so one of the things that uh, we also had going that Xylab was doing uh, during Legal Week was uh, just for a little bit of fun and, and, and insight uh, was a trivia contest. So. Uh, each day on social media, we sent out a link to a, an online uh, trivia survey of just some questions. Uh, I wanted to be possibly technology or legal related, but really, for the most part, just, just kind of fun. Uh, I guess I think Brenda and I are both kind of trivia buffs, and it's kind of a fun thing to do. Uh, so we sent those out, and we did... Uh, you know, we did provide, of course, the answers to those, but uh, we thought we'd take this opportunity to go through some of those questions and maybe talk through them uh, since there had been a lot of interest in that. So, uh, Brenda, do you have those questions and we can kind of go through those real quickly? Yeah, I sure do. So question number one was, who is considered to have coined the term artificial intelligence? And the possible answers are John McCarthy, Stephen Hawking, Johannes Jan Schultes or Charles Ponzi? Uh, it's not Charles Ponzi. I know that one. <laughs> uh, and I don't think it's Johannes or Jan Schultes. However, he would have made, he, he possibly could have, but I think he's a little bit too young. Um, for you, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Jan is actually the chairman and chief strategy officer of Xylab and is responsible for all of the innovative data science that goes into our great product. Um, and interesting, so Jan uh, did not attend a, a legal week this year. Um, he's He's been going for, I could probably say decades, uh, years, uh, been, been at presence. And there are plenty of people who came by the booth stopping to, to say hi to Jan. Uh, Jan was not here uh, this past year. But yes, um, Jan of Xylab, uh, when you see a lot of the, the vision, the direction, and the, the data science and the exciting things we're doing, uh, somewhere there is probably Jan's behind it. Yeah. So getting back to our trivia question. Oh, right. Question. He did not invent, uh, <laughs> coin the term artificial intelligence, which was our topic right now. No. So the answer is actually John McCarthy. You know what? I believe I knew that back from my university days since obviously I studied artificial intelligence, but it had been something that had been out of my mind until you brought up the question again. So fantastic. For those of you who got it right, congratulations to you. Uh, what's the next question, Brenda? The next question is, which of these is considered to be an early inventor of e-discovery technology? Your, your options are Thomas Edison, Tim Berners-Lee, Nikola Tesla, or the Honorable Andrew J. Peck. Jay, any ideas? Uh, well, I know it would be tempting to go for uh, Judge Peck, uh, but, but I, I'm thinking it must have been something earlier than that. And then also just my my brain thinking, if you're asking the question, it's got to be something I wouldn't have thought of. So let me think. Thomas Edison invented a lot of stuff, but I don't think he really got too legal. Uh, I'm sorry, it was, uh, what were the other two options? 
Tim Berners-Lee or oh. Nikola Tesla? Well, then by process of elimination, if Berners-Lee did uh, World Wide Web, I'm going to have to say Tesla, really? Yes, believe it or not, it was Nikola Tesla. Wow. Huh. Yeah, that's correct. So then why isn't uh, Elon Musk somehow getting into the e-discovery game? He thinks he's going to revolutionize it somehow. But hey. okay, so Tesla. Do you know more about that? I, I... Um, so based on my notes, it says a 1938 Tesla journal that is actually archived with ACEDS revealed uh, detailed information about a machine and technology that could capture the contents of wireless transmissions and record them onto magnetic tape, which could then be searched on a date or print of primitive keyword search pretty interesting stuff wow huh? I, I well here we are at xylab 35 years in search and thinking we're all wonderful for doing this you know back before google back in the days of desktop but but what is it 1938 and uh, nikola tesla already had some uh ideas for searching data um wow that is interesting but you know it, it actually does make a lot of sense because you know it's it's really famous that the feud and rivalry between edison and tesla and i believe there was a lot of uh, litigation or lawsuits or at least threats of lawsuits so it would make sense that uh tesla would uh being the the dreamer and thinker and inventor he was would think hey i'm in these legal situations i need to defend my uh, intellectual property or, or the, whatever issues he was at with Edison and, and his competitors. Uh, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty fascinating stuff. Uh, and you say that's with ACEDS now? They have that term? Yeah, apparently Mary Mack has her hands on it. And I think that that's, yeah, very interesting stuff. Maybe we'll have to ask Mary about it next time we talk to her. Definitely. <laughs> so number three. <laughs> okay, so I threw in this question because it was, you know, Legal Week was right before the Super Bowl. So I wanted to throw in some type of football question. The question oh, yes. is, which professional football player won a Super Bowl and completed his law degree in the same year? Whoa. Okay, go. So your options are Johnny Unitas, Joe Montana, Steve Young, or Tom Brady? Not Tom Brady. Going to go with it there. Yeah, we can't um, give him credit for that, too. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for all you uh, Patriots fans out there. Uh, not Unitas. All right, so we're down to two 49ers. So would it be Young or Montana? Young or Montana? Ah, that's a good one. I'll have to flip a coin on this. Um, Montana? Nope, Steve Young. Ah, okay, 50-50. Wow, Steve Young. Young had graduated from BYU Law School in 1994, and by the time he had graduated, he had already won the NFL MVP award twice and had been to three Super Bowls. In fact, I read an article where Young stated that he had actually attended class the very day after winning the Super Bowl. Can you even no. imagine? <laughs> no way. Well, I was like being in class and say, well, what were you doing last night? I won the Super Bowl. Wow. I guess he wasn't going to Disneyland. <laughs> That is crazy. Wow, that's uh, good stuff. Good stuff, Brenda. So next question. Who is known as the first lady of software? Is it Mary Mack, Maura Grossman, Katherine Johnson, or Grace Hopper? All right. Well, I mean, as I said earlier, uh, I, I would say Mary Mack's the queen of e-discovery, but you're asking for the first lady of software. Uh, so apologies, Mary. Um, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention it earlier, I loved the ACEDS happy hour uh, when we were there in, in Legal Tech. Um, it was great. Uh, I remember a couple years ago when they did uh, 
did their first event uh, and uh, and it was great again because I was so excited to see uh, Kaylee and Mary. Um, but wow, how it has grown! It had it was a packed room and. You looked around and everybody there was somebody in the e-discovery field. Uh, I, I saw friends, colleagues, competitors. It was an amazing. Oh, right. That's right, Brenda. You didn't go because you were stuck in the booth. Never mind. I'll stop talking about that. <laughs> Sorry, Brenda. I ditched you so I could go to the party. Um, That's but anyway, OK. I had my own bar there. That's right. You had the bar across the way. All right. Uh, anyways, great event. Thank you, Asa. It's, it's, it's all, always awesome. OK, so not Mary Mac. Uh, no, Mark Grossman. No, I, I won't say for first. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I guess I got C or D to choose from. Let's go with D. And D was Grace Hopper. Yeah. Yep, that's correct. So okay, not because I knew it. I just guessed D. Oh, okay, really? First lady of software. Okay. Yeah. So she popularized the idea of machine independent programming languages, which led to the development of COBOL. Wow! Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and, and just so you know, Katherine Johnson was actually the um, the yeah, the lady who was uh, the subject of the movie Hidden Figures and had worked oh, with NASA okay. or NASA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, great. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Next question. Okay. So our next and final question from day one, and I think Jay will get a kick out of this. The actor who played wit the actor who played which character in Goonies went on to become a lawyer and was also a college roommate of a Xylab employee. Was it Chunk? Was it Sloth? Mikey or Mama Fratelli? <laughs> I know the answer to this one, Brenda. And how do you know the answer to this one? Because Jay? I was that roommate. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. So uh, Jeff B. Cohen, who played uh, Chunk in the movie Goonies, uh, yes, a child actor who went on to uh, form a really successful partnership of in uh, entertainment law. So now I know he's down in uh, uh, in Southern California uh, and really working. Um, and I thought I think it was a really great transition. Uh, for him or a development path for him because he is able to, you know, work with maybe potentially other young actors or people and make sure they're protected and have good agreements and, and, and really exciting stuff. Um, uh, but yes, I'm getting off topic. Yes, uh, Jeff B. Cohen, uh, Chunk from Goonies, and went on to become a successful uh, entertainment lawyer. And it's funny, Jay, Jay last week I was at the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins uh, game and it was 80s night. And on the big jumbotron came Chunk doing his screaming and shaking, and the truffle I was shuffle. yes, and I was I was I thought it was pretty funny that I was just talking about him, and then he appears on the on the penguins jumbotron. That's funny. <laughs> so long live Chunk. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, all right. Well, fantastic. Well, okay. So those were the five questions from day one. Uh, fantastic. Thanks for reviewing those. I, I think some of you out there may have uh, participated and, and done these during Legal Week. And if not, maybe you heard them for the first time now. Great. Uh, we will have more questions in, in future episodes. Uh, again, trivia questions because... Quite frankly, Brenda and I like trivia. So, uh, and if you have good trivia questions, idea maybe you can send them our way as well, and uh, they might be able to make it in their way into Zycast. Yeah, that would be great. All right, so uh, I think that's all we've got to talk about today. Uh, but as we mentioned, uh, and Brenda, you can keep me honest with this, uh, we're in our next episode. We are going to talk about 
artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, assisted review, uh, TAR, a lot of different names, some of them protocols and industry standards, some of them marketing and, and, and buzz, and, and but really what's the reality for you? And so that'll be uh, our topic for our next uh, uh, podcast, as well as some more trivia and uh, who knows, maybe a few other bits and pieces. Yeah, maybe even a guest speaker. Ooh, a guest speaker. That sounds exciting. A mystery guest speaker. <laughs> uh, probably not Chunk from Goonies. So maybe I'll call up Jeff. So oh, see, yeah. Okay. That would make it really interesting. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for uh, listening uh, to this episode of Zycast brought to you by Zylab. Again, I'm Jay Schneider, and this has been Brenda Dodd. And we will uh, talk to you next time. Yeah. Until next time, take care and embrace the technology that makes your life easier. Thanks, everybody. Bye.